Crypto curious, keep an open mind, enjoy the conversation, and stay cryptocurrent. Now, here's your host, Richard Carthon. We all know there's a race to acquire more Bitcoin. Why not earn more with what you already have? With Tantra Labs app, you can put your Bitcoin to work with up to 12% interest backed in Bitcoin per year, currently the highest interest rate in the industry. So, how does it all work? First, go to TantraLabs.io and follow the steps to sign up. Second, after approval, deposit as much or as little as you like. Third, sit back and watch your Bitcoin work for you at 12% interest back per year. Lock in your 12% now by signing up at TantraLabs.io. Or you can click on the link in our show notes and on our website. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of CryptoCurrent. Your host here, Richard Carthon. And today I have a special guest who's also out here in the ATX with me. Actually, I met one of the people on the team who highly recommended. I was like, hey, you need to come talk to our founder. And so I was like, bet, let's do it. So today we have Garrett Pete with Energy Ledger. How are you doing today? I'm doing good. How are you doing today, Richard? Man, I'm fantastic. I'm excited to learn more about what y'all got going on. It's very needed in this industry. And I think it has a ton of opportunity. And that's why I want to unpack this a little bit more with you. But before we do that, I want to learn more about you. Can you give us some background on yourself? Sure. So I'm a tech enthusiast. I've been doing stuff with technology since I was probably um, eight or nine years old, building little Lego robots. You know, I won a science fair and I had a, you know, an asteroid named after me by NASA. Shortly after that, I started to get into coding and building websites. And then uh, crypto kind of came naturally my later years of high school, I think around 2013. Then after I had the privilege of being one of the founding members of the Bitcoin Center in New York City, and we just opened up a new location there. You know, the Energy Ledger team did help out with it. It's 2307 Broadway. If, uh, if you're ever in NYC, you should go check it out. Definitely. And shout out to Federico. He'll put this on. I think he was up there recently. Yep, he was up there with me. Yeah, we got it all, you know, prim and proper for them to do Satoshi Square, which is kind of a long running event for, you know, live trading of Bitcoin. So, man, that's incredible. That's really cool. I mean, as you keep building that up, like what first got you in into crypto? Like, how'd you first learn about it? And what, you know, piqued your interest? Well, a friend of mine kind of told me and it was uh, really very early on, I think it was probably like 2012, he told me about it. And he, he basically said, the way he described it was, it's, this is the way that all money moved through the internet. You know, it was kind of the behind the scenes for money. And while that wasn't right at the time, it ended up becoming kind of correct today, you know, where it is the money of the internet. It is, um, you know, a solution for sending money across the globe to people that where Western Union might not work or a bank wire or ACH may not work. And I just thought that was fascinating. So I started to get into, you know, obviously the speculation side of it, but really the technology side of it. I was kind of early to the game with Solidity and learning about, um, you know, blockchain programming. You know, I remember CryptoJS was there for Bitcoin, but it never quite was the silver bullet that smart contracts and Solidity are today. Right. And for all the newbies out there, Solidity is the main coding language that is for like the Ethereum blockchain and a couple others. And again, with you being in the coding space of it and understanding how the underlying technology blockchain works, I guess you saw this interesting opportunity to where energy could come into play. So tell us a little bit about Energy Ledger. Like what is it and what are you essentially trying to accomplish with it? 
So Richard, what we've done here with Energy Ledger is we've patented the idea of having oil on the blockchain to kind of substantiate supply chain, you know, where blockchain public-private keys are each denoting a container of oil in a company's supply chain. And then they can take that data and then that becomes valuable as well. So knowing where the oil is, you know, knowing um, where it's being stored can ultimately help us kind of take this data and start analyzing ways that we can start becoming more efficient with oil, become more environmentally friendly and start transitioning to renewables. You know, obviously a database currency like Energy Ledger could eventually come to kind of proctor the data for as well. In a nutshell, you know, what we patented, what we're going out there and doing, and these companies, uh, you know, they all come together every year in uh, usually September for blockchain oil and gas in Houston. You know, it's a it's a really great conference, you know, run by Energy Conference Network. And I think that there's a lot of opportunities to communicate these ideas that we're having to these companies because we're really the only company in the space doing this right now and taking this undertaking and really running with it. So let's unpack it a little bit. Fortunately, I have a little bit of background in oil and gas and energy. Um, Shouts to Tulane. A couple of things. Is this going to affect upstream, midstream, or downstream? And for all those who don't understand like what that is, let's kind of unpack that a little bit. And then also, what are the current practices in oil and gas? Like, why does it matter to be able to get all this data and put it into blockchain? Like, are they not just putting it into computers? Are a lot of people still going by paper? Let's talk about that. Well, yeah, that's really interesting. So, you know, with the upstream, midstream, downstream, we're looking to really start from the upstream and then move to midstream. And then eventually, you know, when the product is really complete and it's working at an enterprise level, be able to make it so our currency is redeemable, you know, so make a data-backed currency, you know, from the data of oil and gas transit, you know, to upstream to midstream. And the same currency that these big players are using, you know, smaller individuals could use this, you know, to potentially pay for, you know, a charging membership for their vehicle or even for gasoline or, you know, uh, power for their home ultimately be able to use IoT devices to potentially even earn this currency. So for instance, putting up solar panels or, you know, installing pollution sensors could really be the the mining of the future. And it could be a lot less uh, rigid than the GPU and ASIC mining has been in the past. So. And to break that down real quick. So upstream is the oil rigs that are out like in the Gulf of Mexico that are pumping all the oil midstream are the refineries that it's brought to so that it like makes it ready to go. And then downstream is when you go to oil and like the gas station and pump it into your car. So what you're saying is basically you're going to be able to use Energy Ledger to document how all this oil and gas is being pumped from upstream to midstream. And that's valuable. And tell us more about like why that is valuable and being able to document that more precisely. Well, it's really valuable from an ESG perspective. So that's environmental, social, and green tech. And basically, you know, being able to, you know, take a look at this data and be able to paint a picture of, okay, where is this waste happening? Where's the most carbon being produced? There are several different kinds of fuels that, you know, crude oil can get refined down into. Some examples are, you know, gasoline. We all know gasoline. There's kerosene and naphtha. And these all have different industrial uses, you know, and, you know, some of those even end up creating plastic, you know, as we know it. But by looking from the very beginning of the life cycle, you know, so that's an operator, a driller producing oil, A lot of these operators are sharing kind of the same problem that I know farmers share too, is they're doing some of this on paper. You know, there's a lot on computers, but a lot of it happens on paper. There's kind of a broken system where, yeah, data does get tracked by some organizations and, you know, they have to, to, you know, keep their profit margins up. 
But more than anything, what matters at the end of the day for, um, I, I think, the largest operators out there, you know, we're talking nation states, giant corporations like Exxon, Chevron, ConocoPhillips, Halliburton, their bottom line comes from, well, if the price of oil is low, they'll just overproduce at any cost to keep the numbers up for the quarter. And that's what happened last year in 2020. There was just so much overproduction with the oil glut and the collapse of the price of WTI that everybody in the whole world rushed to just overproduce to try to meet their bottom line and there wasn't enough storage above ground. And instances like that is that's just one area where you know having data to show and help predict ahead of time, well, we're going to hit a storage bottleneck right here. So we have to we have to cut production. You know, cutting production is going to help more than increasing production. It stands true from an environmental standpoint as well. Cutting production and potentially raising the price of oil by the laws of mercantile commerce would dictate that there are higher gas prices, and then higher gas prices would dictate that more people who are buying new vehicles are going to opt for electric cars. And that's the world and market that I want to try to create. Is you know something that incentivizes people to you know a you know use you know iot devices to you know find out more about pollution downstream and find out more about you know really the the end uses of oil and gas also other things like you know solar panels you know being incentivized to create electricity and sell it back to the grid um, instead of just like using electricity like mining does for bitcoin and ethereum uh, with the gpus and asics and then, you know, on the other side of things, I want to incentivize operators to really, you know, see, you know, hey, there is a reward in cryptocurrency and they can make the same amount of money or more off of less oil. You know, there's an incentive to cut production and you start moving to the next paradigm for energy, which is probably, I would have to say, going to be nuclear, solar. And I'm sure that there are many other great sources as well. But I think the nuclear and solar will be the most prominent in the decades to come. Right. And, and thank you for spending time on and breaking all that down. I want to kind of bring a couple of things back. So first, I want to go and explore the tokenomics of kind of like your, your token, right? So when people think about Energy Ledger and they want to use the token, now, is this for your everyday consumer, your retail investor, or is this more for an established corporation who it would make more sense for them to be using this? Like, let's talk through that. Did you know that Cryptocurrent now has its own apparel shop? Well, look no further. If you want the latest gear from the Cryptocurrent crew, please check out both our show notes and our website where you can get anything from a long sleeve shirt to joggers to sweatshirts to tank tops, hats, you name it. We have some pretty swagged out gear for you. So if you're in love with our brand just as much as we are, please check out our gear today. What we're kind of doing here is, you know, we obviously released the token ELX token. And basically, I think there is around, I, I think, 135 million circulating right now. And then there's like a 10 million drip every six months that we kind of use as our, uh, I guess, our, our budget, you know, to fund the project and, you know, keep development going. And what I see is, you know, that's a very much consumer facing thing. It's something that faces, you know, average people and people who are interested in the project and interested in the patent and interested in the technology. And on the other end, you know, we're working on our product Energy Ledger Enterprise. And if you go to energyledger.com, you can basically see a demo version of this. You know, we're moving right along with it. And our idea is, is you know, you have obviously downstream people and you have, uh, you know, people that will 
just by nature consume gasoline, they'll be consuming energy products just by the nature of the American lifestyle and really the modern lifestyle. And then on the other end of things, we have you know these big corporations that we're building energy ledger enterprise for to be able to track their supply chains more efficiently and bring value to the whole ecosystem at large. And that's where we want to meet in the middle at some point and be able to be providing data to the end consumer showing that there is, you know, because there's a lot of uh, people who are very shareholders that are unhappy with, I think Royal Dutch Shell was when they were very unhappy with uh, the shareholders there kind of started a domino effect at Exxon and Chevron where people were unhappy that these companies just greenwashed their mission and they say, oh yeah, we're reducing, we're reducing emissions, but it doesn't happen. And this gives those same companies the ability to walk the walk and show people that they're walking the walk and create a lot of value in the process through this token and the data that travels with the transactions. And something else that I think is a a very big key component of this, because it's on blockchain, everything is very open. With blockchain, because it is a ledger that you can go back and trace, you can really see are people doing what they're doing. You don't have to look at their claims. You can go and look at it, which allows for way more transparency. And even just from a lot of how organizations are going for more transparent ways to look into the companies, this is going to help solve that challenge as well. It's great that you bring all those points up because what I see is promises kept from these companies. You know, if they make a promise, they can show people they're following through on it. And that's going to go 10 times further than, you know, a flashy graphics on the quarterlies or whatever, you know, being able to just show people the data and then having them be able to work off of that data and build, you know, new solutions, you know, that are kind of uh, in demand by the market. It's just incredible, you know, because the problem that we have, I think one of the biggest problems in blockchain, the overconsumption of electricity, I do think it's blown out of proportion, but it is there. And I just think it's like, why don't we just flip it on its head and we produce electricity and reward people for producing energy, you know, whatever form of energy and make it practical to track almost any form, you know, whether it's oil and gas or solar But I think the most important thing is working backwards from the oil and incentivizing, well, hey, we can use less and less of this and we can get more out of it. Because um, a a statistic not a lot of people know is that 80%, 80% of the oil that comes out of the ground that's refined to gasoline or kerosene or naphtha, it's wasted. It ends up in our air. And we end up breathing that in some of these big urban metropolises. The smog in LA is awful. I mean, anywhere you go where there's many cars running, it's just bad air quality that, you know, permeates for miles. And, you know, we can kind of start toning that down, really. And I think that's the biggest thing. So So it seems there's a ton of benefits, obviously, with bringing energy to the blockchain. But let's talk about why now and how is this going to go into the future? So how is this going to help as we kind of go into this next phase? Or how is Energy Ledger going to help lead to the path of bringing this industry into crypto? Well, yeah, I think the number one way that we're going to lead them there is, you know, we started this kind of three years ago, conceptually, you know, in about early 2018, I saw that there was this problem. I saw that there is a huge amount of monetary value in oil and gas. You know, every year their gross revenue is around $2 trillion. That's more than everything in crypto today, just hitting every year in gross revenue for the oil industry. And I saw that, you know, they had this problem where you know, they can't really relate to the younger crowd. They can't really relate to even their own shareholders because they have to keep their bottom line up while still, you know, delivering energy that everybody demands, you know, a lifestyle that everybody demands. And I see a way where blockchain stuff 
basically it ended up the problems ended up happening exactly as I saw, you know, oil went negative. You know, I saw that happening back when I started this oil went negative last year. And I, I didn't think that could happen. I thought we could see zero. I didn't know we could see negative 38. And then the other problems that started to happen, there was a huge hack on the colonial pipeline. A group went into this pipeline software, which is very similar to energy ledger enterprise, mind you. And, you know, this is a centralized software and there were centralized points of failure and they hacked it and they put ransomware on it. You know, somebody clicked on an email that I guess had some like pretty, you know, like girl in it or something like that. And they clicked on it and it installed ransomware on the whole system. And this ended up, you know, shutting down the pipeline on the entire East Coast, causing a national emergency. And it's because of a centralized system. You know, these issues that I envisioned started to arise and come to the surface. But the biggest issue of all of them is really, you know, how are we going to use less oil and get the same effect because it's not going away. And I'll tell you, for one thing, in the developing world, you know, internal combustion engines really aren't going to go away for probably 60 to 80 years. I mean, if you go, I was recently in Cairo, in Egypt, you know, doing some, you know, kind of a blockchain evangelism. And one of the things I noticed is um, they have cars on the road. They have VW buses from the 1960s, you know, the first gen ones still on the road because they're very easy to fix. And the same stands for Mexico. They love the VW Beetle because they can just keep fixing it. So getting the developing world off of internal combustion engines, it could be the better part of a century that it takes to get them, you know, using an electric car or finding an alternative. And the solution is, is to find an economic reason to switch but also make our vehicles more efficient in the next 10, 20 years to uh, you know, accommodate basically the continued need for oil and gas. And the, you know, the reason is we're gonna keep using this, we're gonna you know, need to be more efficient with it. And while we keep using it, we don't need to be wasting 80% of the energy generated from it. Right, so it's almost like a two for one of energy efficiency, making sure most, more of it's being used, but also removing some emissions from the world and helping with a ton of things that are contributing to global warming in, in the world. So it sounds like you have a, a wrap of a ton of different elements of why this is crucial and essential right now. For the person that's like kind of hearing this and they're like, well, this sounds cool. What are like some next steps that they can take to learn more about Energy Ledger? Well, something that would be really wonderful is if you, uh, you know, check out our website, energyledger.com. You can follow us on Twitter at energy underscore ledger. And we also have a wonderful Telegram community um, I think it is called Energy Ledger Official. It's pretty easy to find if you just search it in Telegram. And there's just a lot of uh, great people in there that are really um, kind of well-versed in our mission and well-versed in our documentation. And you know, you, you can find all that on the website, but hearing it all from other people, I think is the most important thing. And also I put up videos pretty often. We're doing a workshop on Friday kind of a sneak peek, we're doing a workshop Friday that has to do with IoT sensors and how these could be the mining devices of the future in many different contexts. This specific sensor is a pollution sensor, basically showing, you know, that eventually someday we want the pollution in the air to reflect, you know, them cutting the drilling, them slowing down drilling, it should result to less pollution in the air. And, you know, being able to reward people with tokens for setting up these devices similar to how GPU mining work, is the you know, most important next paradigm of uh, this project after Energy Ledger Enterprise. That's you know, kind of a really cool uh, sneak peek thing. And all of those resources are great you know, to learn more about us. For sure. And we'll make sure to include those in the show notes. But 
Man, I really appreciate you sharing all that knowledge with us. But before we wrap up, I always like to ask two fun questions. The first being, if you could take all the information that you have learned right now and you can impart two to three pieces of wisdom to yourself when you first got started in this space or first got started on this journey, what would you tell yourself? Gee, I would probably tell myself to have started earlier on this because I think it would have been, I kind of got started with Solidity programming early. And then one of my biggest regrets is maybe not being one of the first people out the gate, you know, who had built a product, some sort of token or company around this. It did take me a little bit longer, but I, I got there. So I do, I do wish I wouldn't have just approached it from an investing standpoint. I wish I would have approached it from a technology standpoint a little bit deeper. And, you know, I wish Energy Ledger would have started five years ago. So that's probably um, the number one thing that I would tell myself if I could go back. For sure. And that's a good one. And it actually comes up a decent amount. So basically everyone that's listening, as you know, if you hear something and it connects with you and it's making you want to do movement, the reason that we bring on these amazing thought leaders is so that you can have a way to learn about something new, but then also have action steps, things that you can start doing to make sure that you take action. So we, we do not encourage you just receiving this information. We want you to gather it. We want you to have it. But once you feel like you're in a good spot, make sure you're going and taking those first actions so you can start to become more and more involved in this beautiful space that is crypto. But Garrett, as we kind of wrap up here, man, what is a final thought that you want to leave with all the listeners? You know, we're, we're at an sh- extreme deficiency for developers in the crypto space. You know, there's not a lot of developers, but there's a ton of enthusiasm. Over the years, I found, you know, numerous tutorials and whatnot. I'd love to give a shout out to DAP University on YouTube. It's probably some of the best tutorials and Gregory is a great teacher. If you want to learn more about, um, you know, smart contracts and then, you know, React, JS, Web3 front-end development, you should totally check out these tutorials and, you know, who knows, there might be a job for you at Energy Ledger because we really, we really need you right now, devs. So just, I, I'll leave you with that and, you know, never back down from anything in the, in the software space. It's easier than you think. So. Awesome, man. That's a great final thought. And for all those who are curious and want to learn more about these development opportunities, that is a great resource. We'll make sure to share that in the show notes. But again, if you look at all the development work that's out there, some of the best paying jobs in the industry right now is in blockchain. So not a bad thing to go and look at if that's something that piques your interest. But man, I appreciate all that information. What are ways that people can connect with you if they want to be able to learn more information? Probably the easiest way is um, if you want to connect with me personally, LinkedIn. LinkedIn above all. Um, I will also, you know, just for kind of people that are watching this, email me at william at energyledger.com and let's start a conversation. You know, I'd love to hear from you and it's, you know, wonderful to meet new people, get new ideas, see how we can change the world of uh, energy and, you know, reduce pollution together. All right. Perfect. Well, I really appreciate all your time today. And of course, for everyone listening, stay CryptoCurrent. Hey, CryptoCurrent crew. We want to give a quick shout out to all of our faithful listeners out there. It's been an amazing journey, and we really appreciate your support throughout the years as we've been growing as a community. Each episode, we decided that we would start sharing some of the reviews that you were leaving for us. For today, we would like to share this review. Today's review comes from PJ Nick. Always great and helpful content. Definitely useful for helping anyone that wants or needs to understand more about the cryptocurrency that's out there. Highly recommend a listen. We sincerely appreciate this review and all reviews and would like to ask that if you're enjoying our show, please take a quick moment to go and leave a review on our podcast so that hopefully we can be highlighting your review next. Simply go to our show notes or go to our website where we have a link where you can share your review today. Hey everyone, I hope you enjoyed today's episode. For more information on today's episode and all of our episodes, 
please visit us at www.crypto-current.co. You can also find a link in the show notes. Want to stay up to date in the latest news in cryptocurrency? Sign up for our newsletter today. You'll receive daily emails Monday through Friday that are personalized and curated content specific to you and your interest, powered by artificial intelligence. You can either go to our show notes or go to our website to sign up today. Are you an accredited investor looking to invest in cryptocurrency? Crescent City Capital can help. Go to crescentcitycapital.com for more information. I don't know if you've noticed, but the quality of our podcast each week are improving. I can only thank my amazing producer, Andrew DeRitter with DeRitter Productions, who has been putting all of this together. If you have any podcast, music, or audio needs, please go to deritterproductions.com. That's D-E-R-I-T-T-E-R productions.com. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Cryptocurrent with Richard Cargon. We'll be back with more exciting developments from the world of blockchain and cryptocurrency next week. But until then, stay Cryptocurrent. Thank you for joining us for another episode of Cryptocurrent. Just one quick reminder. Cryptocurrent is a cryptocurrency and blockchain education platform that's bridging the gap between the curious newcomers who are just discovering the space and the thought leaders who are shaping its future. All opinions expressed by Richard Carthon, the Cryptocurrent team, and their guests on this show are exclusively their own opinions. You should not treat any opinion expressed by Richard, the team, and their guests as a specific inducement to make a particular investment or to follow his financial advice. This show and any other cryptocurrent production is exclusively for informational purposes.